Welcome to Dawn of a New Era, a business and marketing podcast with a difference, ranking in the top 5% globally for people who want to start, scale, and grow their own business. Dawn McGrewer shares tips to improve marketing, motivation, and mindset, as well as her own real-life challenges and experiences as an entrepreneur. Guests include some of the world's most inspiring leaders too. So if you are an aspiring, established, or serial entrepreneur, this is your go-to podcast to fast-track results and rise to meet today's challenges and master the art of online influence and business success and avoid common pitfalls along the way. Never miss an episode and subscribe and listen at dawnmcgrewer.com. Welcome to a very special podcast today. We have the lovely Lou Hamilton, who is joining me today. And we're going to be talking about the importance of brand storytelling and why it's so important for your brand and business in particular. We'll be talking about uh, elements of promoting yourself through podcasts, um, which is very apt, seen as my podcast is now a year old this month, um, something that I'd wanted to do for a very long time. Now, Lou has been working with me for guesting on podcasts. And as much as I wanted to do my own podcast, I wanted to guest on podcasts and had been for sort of many years, really while I procrastinated about launching mine. Now, Lou and I share a hobby or an interest, which is uh, art. We're going to be talking a little bit about creativity and how that ties in with your brand storytelling. Because I think we talk about the professionalness and the corporateness all the time and being an entrepreneur and business owner. But there's a lot more flair that comes into our world because um, you don't just have your podcast agency and you're not just, uh, obviously, an artist. You're also uh, an author with three books. Books, one to, that's coming out in uh, autumn, which is Dare to Share. The previous books were How to Be Fearless, and the second one was Fearless. But you've also done documentaries, haven't you, as well, and filmmaking. So you've got a very varied background, but very creative. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's been a kind of wiggly, winding road, but always creative. So um, I went to art school and did a fine art degree. And then a few years later, I did a an MA in public art, which was much more about sort of being responsible of as an artist for the work that you put out into, into people's public spaces, you know, people are going to be using it. So you want to make work that is relevant for for them. And I was making a big sculpture out of scrap steel on that was placed on the side of the M4 near Swindon. And there was, you know, it was a few months in the making and I worked with the local community and we did poetry workshops and we made kind of little sculptures and kind of words to, that led up to the to the piece itself. And then I did a, a plaque with the poem that had kind of, that I'd written to, that had really inspired the sculpture. Mm. And I'd had to sign a, um, a document saying that, which was the same contract that architects have to sign, which is that your sculpture has to still be standing in 50 years time. And I thought, do I really want to? And I was getting more and more into kind of social issues and making work that was kind of had a social context. And and I thought, you know, maybe this sculpture is not going to be even relevant if, if it is still standing in 50 years time. And I loved the kind of the process of 
the story behind the sculpture and that kind of really made me think oh maybe that's where my interest really lies and you know to cut a long story short I sort of got into artist video and then I got invited to direct co-direct co-produce co-write a, a series on terminal illness for channel four I see I was going to say it's it's interesting because your journey obviously you know you've done lots of different things do you think there's a stigma again sort of around becoming an artist in terms of you know being successful and well paid and things because I remember when I was very much into art I did art A levels and I studied art and I had favorite um, artists were Francis Bacon and Salvador Dali and I was really keen to get into it and I remember being advised against it you know like you'll hit a, a point dawn that you know your success and you know is it a well-paid job I mean I think things have moved on massively since then but do you think that there was a stigma back then or still is oh yeah definitely there was you know I knew going and doing a fine art degree was not going to pave my way to gold <laughs> and uh, and it sure didn't but I think that it wasn't just sort of external pressures it was it was internal as well that you you just thought well you don't you're not going to earn money being a creative person or being an artist so you're going to have to have a job on the side mm. and but what happened a few years later was that people like Damien Hurst and Tracy Emin they their lot came along and they were like no why why is that the truth mm. why can't we earn money making the work that we're passionate about and that we're really good at and so they did find ways to make money with the with their art and and yeah, they were very successful for doing it. But I think that their group kind of changed the mindset, although they took a lot of flack. And, you know, there was so much criticism about their work and that, oh, well, this is commercial, so it's not proper art. Well, yeah. you know, time has, has proven that it is proper art and they made money out of it. So I think that over time, artists ourselves have had to challenge that idea. But I, but it has only been recently that that I've really taken that on board, and and I actually had hypnotherapy around my money mindset and my creativity, and that shifted everything. And from the, I had three sessions, and from after that final session, the commissions just started rolling in. Mm. It's, it's it's funny, isn't it? We were talking about challenges on one of my previous podcasts in terms of you don't realize that when you're holding on to things that every future decision it, it, you know it is determined by that challenge and you know and sometimes you have to kind of go way back and start cleansing out some of that i think a lot of people have do, done that during covid because we've had more time i think one of the things that um, i like about your journey is that when i started in sort of the corporate world i've always been the complete opposite <laughs> to what i was working in so well, even when i was a programmer i was the complete uh, opposite of what everyone would expect and um i think that's my creativity kind of coming out all the time and even now, you know, people say, you know, your hair's a different color, your makeup's different. I, I have no routine. And I know that every day that is my artistic streak that comes through in terms of either my dress sense or the way that I structure my day. So I think I am a natural born artist or creative. And I think that anything I do that, that comes out. When we think about, obviously, your journey and how you've told your story, Tell us how that kind of 
pans out? Because I think a lot of people, especially in corporate, when they step out and they go into the entrepreneurial world, they find it hard to share them. You know, they see a brand as the the identity. But when it's you, what's your sort of um, advice in terms of how you've managed to bring your story into play? Well, I think for me, once I decided or or recognised that painting was my passion, mm. but but always my purpose was using creativity to help others and and somehow sort of make some kind of positive change in the world. And mm. and that side of things, but you know, that was through film. It definitely should played out with the documentaries. We actually raised a lot of money for one of the people that we were following just by the nature of it going on television. And that was the first time I recognized that that creative output could have a massive impact on on others and and so using media in various forms was how i i wanted to be able to do that and so as technology developed and podcasting sort of came to the uk i mean it'd been there in the us radius but the uk were a bit kind of slower on the uptake i really recognized that that podcasting was a way to tell people's stories and with filming it, it had become quite hard work raising the money getting films off the ground it was slow and I was just like do I really want to spend years and years and years trying to get these films off the ground whereas with podcasting you know especially when we went remote it was just like well I can have a new person on each week talking about some amazing thing telling their story and then I thought well now I'm doing this but I I can only have 52 women on a year so how else can I help more women get out there and tell their stories and that was when I came up with the concept of the podcast guest agency Silk Studios and that has become my absolute purpose and running parallel to that is my painting and painting mm -hmm. commissions so I really feel like I've got two hats and that the that my passion feeds me so that I can then do my purpose, which is to help others. I love it because it's it, it's it's all about alignment, isn't it? And um, I totally get what you say about being able to share the authentic you through your podcast, because for me, it was something I wanted to do for a while, as you know. And when Dawn of a New Era came out, it just gave me an opportunity in a media that I could show up, but really talk about things that, you know, running an academy in an agency, I hadn't had that platform to be able to share and, and it would feel it you know wrong to be talking about that on a social media course so for me I feel like by sharing my story I've met some amazing and some of the most inspiring leaders in the world but I also think when you talk out your pains and challenges one of the things that uh, I've spoken to you about is is success how do we recognize what success is because um, I think for many years I had a list of things I wanted to do I'd tick them off I'd move on to the next and I was kind of on like a, a carousel you know I wasn't stopping to realize or absorb what I'd achieved and actually by doing my podcast and sharing the pitfalls the pains and the challenges it does make you feel more connected to your story what do you see as you know success I think it's a really difficult topic but your alignment obviously to your passion and purpose I think is is, is testimony to your success but what do you feel is success for you yeah I feel that success is contentment in in what you're doing and and it's taken me a a long time to get to this place but I mm. feel like 
now I'm in alignment. I'm really clear about what I'm doing and what I need to be doing to feel successful, whatever that word is. But but it's you know for me it's contentment. It's mm. it's feeling that I'm doing the right thing for me and that I'm 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 somehow having an impact on for others. And um, and as you you know it's it's true success is very looks very different and but I think that what we all know now is that success isn't at the end of the rainbow it's mm. it's kind of as you're walking along through the rainbow it's it's kind of every day it's you know you, both you and I love our time we we really value time so mm. if I was doing all the things that I'm doing but absolutely up against deadlines and up against the mark all of the time I wouldn't feel successful because I haven't got those kind of breathing spaces and you know earlier on my the room here kind of looks over the river and just every so often through the day I just need to go and stand by the window and and look at the water and and if I'm in my head just like mad rushing from one thing to another and that I can't even take those moments then then that does not feel like success um even if i'm doing the same as i you know all the things that i'm doing so i think it is looking at at what success what what success feels good to you you know Mm. what's that life and and if time is important or being with your family is important or you know whatever those things are that that make your life feel kind of wholesome then it's it's about kind of building that in and and it's not necessarily you know you might have some money goals but if that money goal is so big that it requires you to work every single minute of the day and to have a massive team that you need to manage and and then suddenly all of that starts to not look really or not feel very great then maybe reducing the money goal and and then being able to create the things that you that are important to you along the way to making that money. See, I think, um, you know, the pandemic has has really made people stop and think. It certainly has for me. And, you know, what success is, is often what society drives it to be. So you you do get caught up in money goals and, you know, and ticking off these things on a to-do list. And for me, especially, you know, I I feel having a more enriched life is is what I want. And and really putting the fun back into business. You know, you, you think back to, you know, your past business years and you think about the times you really truly enjoyed and it is it's about enjoying the journey isn't it to 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 getting to the goal it's not just kind of getting to it I feel that a lot of us now will want to kind of push forward and do something different and and that's certainly why I'm launching my new program in September for all the things you've said about freedom flexibility enjoying life feeling connected and really bringing my purpose um, into alignment in terms of obviously your books talk us through then a bit of your brand story in terms of you know where did this all start how did the the fearless books come out you've got obviously how to be fearless and then fearless what was the lead up for that well I've always been fearful and then you know I lost a very good friend when I was little where we were kind of eight but you know in those days you didn't kind of deal with it you, you know there weren't people to kind of go oh, well, this you've been through this you we need to kind of help you through that then in my early 20s we'd moved to Scotland and the Lockerbie bombing happened which was a plane was blown out of the sky above where we lived and everything just kind of rained 
down into our midst. And, you know, that was a massive sort of traumatic impact that, again, I didn't know to kind of deal with at the time. You know, I hadn't lost anyone. I hadn't been injured. So I just thought, well, you kind of, you know, you pick up the pieces and carry on. And and it wasn't until I was doing that series on a terminal illness and then another film on soldiers with post-traumatic stress disorder that that I realized that actually I was suffering with PTSD and huge fear and anxiety. And it was kind of by then I was in my early 40s, so I was probably perimenopause also that those kind of feelings were getting worse. But what was happening was that I couldn't suppress them anymore and I was going to need to deal with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I kind of I, I trained to be a coach. I had I had coaching myself as part of the training. I also had therapy along the way and and then when I hit 50, kind of now in sort of full-blown menopause at that point, my children were leaving home, my granny died, and I was sort of facing this sort of, well, you know, what now? The, my anxiety had kind of gone off the scale with, with the menopause. And uh, so, God, what, what's this? And, and is this what my life is going to look like? You know, my kids have gone and... And anyway, I just was sort of contemplating all of this. And uh, I just suddenly had the urge to pick up a pencil and start drawing again. And and out popped this little, what later became known as uh, Brave New Girl, this kind of little stick character that was sort of totally fearless, could do anything, nothing stopped her. And if there, if there were things that sort of, if there were obstacles, she just kind of invented ways to get around it. So I don't know whether she she was kind of for me or whether I was doing her kind of to, to sort of send out with my children into the world, although they're mm. perfectly capable and fearless. They didn't need that. <laughs> and uh, so I just kept posting these drawings and, and the response I got was just phenomenal. And so I just kept drawing them and posting them with these little kind of sayings. And, and eventually someone said, well, you, you should really try and get, get it published. And so I, search for an agent got an agent and then it got published and it sort of it was a it's a gift book so it's something that you know you just open on a page and this little drawing is there with a message to kind of help you for that day in that moment and you you take from it what what feels right and then the next book was that I wanted to kind of really go into what fear was and you know we're never going to get rid of fear but how can we use that energy to move forward to to keep going to rise up against the things that the obstacles the challenges the traumas everything and I and I felt very strongly that it was our kind of inbuilt creativity as humans that allows us to kind of evolve and grow out of our fear and so Mm. that was when I wrote fear less Mm. It's interesting because there's a lot of people um, who'll be listening to this who have a fear or a phobia. And w- one of the things that um, I think is quite ironic for me and what I do is that I used to absolutely hate public speaking. And then I won uh, Best Female Speaker, I think it was in 2018. Uh, the years are merging into one at the moment. And actually, when I feel fear for something, it actually does spur me on to what you you say is that you do use it as a positive energy. And um, now, before I go on stage, I do kind of still feel that fear, but it's it's almost um, an excitement. Uh, so it's it's changing and how I feel about it. And I used to push fear away, where now I just sit with it and and kind of 
feel it. And I think this is something that probably people are fearing the future with the pandemic. We're fearing, you know, what could happen. And I think the fact that this came out of nowhere, I think it has induced more fear because no one could have thought about it. What would you say to someone who is feeling the fear about showing up authentically? Because you've got your new book, obviously, Dare to Share. How would you advise or give a tip to someone to just step out and and show themselves as them rather than just a a corporate brand I think it's the kind of overarching mission why are Mm -hmm. you doing this why is why is it so important to you to to do this and when you know that that will get you over your own personal fears so for me I was always phone phobic I couldn't talk on the phone well, here I am running, as well, speaking to you, <laughs> um, uh, running across social Yeah, platforms. yeah. I mean, this would never, ever, I would never have thought I would have been able to do this. I certainly wouldn't have thought that I could have a podcast myself and talk every week to somebody that, you know, quite often I don't even know that I've never spoken to before. You know, and even before, you know, if I'm going to do an interview and I'm a little bit nervous, I can feel the fear, but I just think, this is so exciting to have a conversation with another woman that is kind of doing their thing and has been through, you know, has their story to tell. And, and I can, you know, I'm in the position to share those stories. And, you know, and here today we're talking together about, you know, our stories and how, you know, how it's impacted us and how we've grown from them. And, and so that just gets me past the fear straight away because I know that there's a bigger thing here this is Mm. this is much this is bigger than my fear um so i i would definitely say look to the the things that are kind of bigger than you and Mm. why is it important and and if you if you focus on that then it will get you through and you know a good dose of deep breathing and yeah (laughs) see a lot of people i think think and I, i was probably guilty of this a bit like you know why does someone want to know that about me and um I know when we charted out my story and we went right the way back to my childhood and things like that, that I actually thought, you know, this is what's made me, you know, and and made me make decisions I've made. And it's why I I became a business owner in the first place. And I think through sharing this, either as guesting on a podcast or through my own, or even just writing blogs or social media posts or just doing lives, I'm sharing more and more about that. And I think what's fascinating is the more I've shared the more connected and and the deeper the relationships I've formed with people I've met on social media, which, you know, I was connecting before, but I think people do want to know, like, how did you get here? Because a lot of people will see you on a platform, like on LinkedIn and think, oh, you know, we've got 30,000 connections, but it's important to tell people how you got there. And also, I guess, share the pains and pitfalls along the way, because that's what makes it believable and 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 people resonate with it if you were to give our listeners then one thing that they could do this week to really help use brand storytelling what would it be what would be your number one tip well first of all I would look at even before you sort of even think about podcast guesting I'd look at the the about you on your website because I I don't know if you're the same but you know if I go on to a to a business website or brand website the first thing I look at is is the about you I want to know who is this person behind the brand you know how they started 
where do they you know it's relatable isn't it it's just like oh right now I'm buying into what they're doing because I get where they've come from and I and it's like you know if they've been through these pitfalls and they've shared that then it's like oh right okay so they're not so different from me then you know it all becomes possible and so you know maybe look at a few about pages or other ones check look at yours and see whether you're you're giving you know, a story that people can relate to and, and feel like, oh, you know, this is something I could buy into. And then start listening to podcasts and and listening to the different ways that people tell their stories. And, mm-hmm. you know, there might be one that, that you think, oh, yeah, I really like how they've told that. So then think about your own story, maybe jot down some key points through your through your journey that you think, you know, that relates to your business and how you got to your business. And, you know, it is, it's the the ups and the downs and, you know, your passion, your purpose, the things that were really difficult for you and how you could overcome them. Mm, for sure. So in terms of obviously, uh, you've got your new book coming out in autumn. Uh, we know that you're obviously a keen uh, artist and, and very creative. What's your uh, favourite artist or favourite uh, author that you'd like to share with us? Well, in terms of art, the, there's a sort of mix of them and and they're very much sort of abstract expressionists. So, But also um, artists like Anish Kapoor, who's a sculptor, but the way that he uses colour and shape is very much kind of relatable to my abstract paintings. And uh, Sean Scully, I love his stripes. So I definitely kind of use... You know, I'm definitely influenced by him. People always say about my work, oh, it's like Rothko, Mark Rothko's work. But, and there's definitely kind of, I'm definitely sort of um, inspired by his his work. Um, and my, my own grandfather, I grew up with his paintings around. Um, and even though he's a figurative painter, he was a figurative painter. If you look in between the figures, the the way that he he works with, with paint is is very kind of abstract um mm-hmm. and and I love that and I think I'm I'm very inspired by that and in terms of in terms of books I just love writers who are are telling their stories but but I love you know I love biographies and I love self-development books because I love to hear how people have got from a to b and and how they're surviving the the very latest book that I've read is um, Blue Spaces by Dr. Catherine Kelly um, about how um, water wild swimming has has healed her in times of grief and it's a beautiful book and she sort of helps you to sort of understand how water can help you um, so yeah I'd highly recommend that. I think there is something about reading and I, I still I, I'm not a Kindle person. I have to have actual hard copy or paperback or something like that. And I remember and I still think about this a lot. One of the books that made such an impact on me was uh, Rita Carter, Mapping the Mind. And I remember reading it and it was probably my late teens, but it was all about sort of the differences between men and women and why people think things. And you know what? Even when I go into meetings and things now or I meet somebody who maybe has a different personality to me, 
I it, I still go back to that book. I still think about how I read it and how I perceive people. And I think there are books now that I still would go back to that are many, many years old that I would love to read. And uh, one of the things I've just done this week is uh, reorganize my bookcase, which was an absolute mess. And um, I'm reading one book at a time because I'm one of these people who likes to read about eight. So I've now limited myself. I'm not allowed to start a new one until I finish it. And um it, I really reinvigorated my love of reading. And I don't know what it is about it. Podcasts and books for me at the moment, I'm finding really, really motivating. And just mm. it, it's really opening my thought space in terms of the way I'm thinking about things and making my decision making process slightly different. What's um, your favorite podcasts at the moment? Any recommendations that we can go and check well, out? Well, yours, of course. <laughs> obviously born of a new era and brave new girls and brave new girls second i'm going to be appearing on yours tomorrow so yes yes, yes. well i'm very excited about that i love podcasts that are people stories i mean i'm you know as a podcast guest agency i'm listening to different podcasts all the time and and i'm so excited that you know i, I just there's just not enough hours in the week for all the brilliant ones that that i listen to but actually one that I do come back to a lot is Dr. Tabitha, the functional gynecologist. And, mm. um, you know, I think, you know, I've been through the menopause. I'm, I think I'm out the other side. Yay. But she's been, she's brilliant. And the, the people she has on and, you know, I think as, you know, entrepreneurs and business women, we, uh, and men, you know, we work really hard and we kind of do more hours than really, we should even with our little moments out to enjoying water or whatever it is um, these yeah yeah and i've yeah i've just taken a social media sabbatical you have apart from apart from linkedin i i feel like that's different yeah so so i think that hers you know i think it's really important to try and stay as healthy as possible as we get older because we want a good quality of life and and we want to not kind of just go around down the rabbit hole of being stressed and and overworked and and not eating right and you know all of those things so as I've got old I've gotten older I feel like my luxury is health so yeah, I went and to that. one thing for me I've struggled with over the years I've I, I don't know whether I've just been kind of brought up in this kind of staunch sort of work ethic where it was like business first I've just really kind of reprioritized and, and self-care first and you know I talk about motivation mindset and marketing and and honestly the the motivation and mindset this is like the biggest part of my business at the moment because it's having such an impact on the marketing side of things because you know if I'm feeling good I'm eating well I just, it, it does, it opens up a whole new way of thinking. And the more time I'm taking out, the better I'm performing in, in business. And, you know, I, I suppose when you're creating a program or you're writing your book, you know, you know, this is the thing. You need the space and the time. You can't rush these things. And um, I've spent about a year now creating my new program, launching in September. I could have launched it earlier, but I think we need sometimes just to kind of, walk away as you say from social media or other things and do what we want to do not what we think we need to do and and and, and honestly if, if anyone is listening to this today like you lose done if you feel like social media is draining you 
take a step back, you know. Is there a, a final thought that you can leave our listeners with today? Anything that you feel that's important for people or something that's been pivotal for you? I think that, you know, the power of your story, the power of your voice to share your experiences, your challenges, your ups and downs. I think, you know, you, you just never know who's going to be listening and that your words may land in their ears just at the moment they need to hear it and and then they'll find you they'll follow you they trust you they'll they'll want to be in your world and and I think you know that's why perhaps the story is so powerful because we can bring ourselves to our businesses and to the ears of other people that that want to find you and be part of what you're doing so I I really I really value other people's stories and and so yeah value your story and share it dare to share absolutely so if you want to go and find Lou you can find her you've got Silk Studios you've got your social media uh, platforms there you've got Lou Hamilton um obviously your books your new one dare to share is coming out in autumn but you can pick up how to be fearless and fearless where is the the, the best place to connect with you LinkedIn or LinkedIn is really good and my website silk-studios.co.uk and I'm doing a a sort of daily-ish blog where where I'm not on the other socials for the time being. I am still putting out words and images and all the kind of funny things that happen along the way. So yeah, come and join me. Yeah, definitely in a way that, you know, feels comfortable to you. So if you are feeling a little bit jaded and you are suffering the social fatigue, switch it up go and check out Lou and you can read some of her uh, blogs they're definitely worth checking out very inspiring and um, yeah thank you for being our guest today and check out the podcast Brave New Girl as well um, because there's some uh, fab episodes and guests on there too so thank you very much and uh, have an amazing day and hopefully our listeners have taken some really good advice about showing up in a way that's authentic to them so thanks guys take care bye now bye thank you for listening to dawn of a new era podcast and for your free checklist to find out how to boost your business for growth profit and success and join our community go to dawnmagrua.com